the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. The old Randy Newman song, I love L.A. Man, I remember the MTV world. That video was, what did the kids say, lit? My gosh, that was something. Back in the early to mid-80s, golf today in Los Angeles where the temps are dropping, right? It was uh, the mamas and the papas who said that uh, they'd be safe and warm if I was in L.A. California dreaming on such a winter's day. Not really today. It was in the early, you know, it was in the low 60s. Right now, high 50s. The wind is picked up, and it's affecting the scoring during first-round coverage of the Genesis Invitational. Today, Tiger Woods, his first start in a a regularly scheduled PGA Tour event since the 2020 Zozo Championship. Of course, a year ago, Tiger gave it a go three times during majors, he completed nine rounds, all right? The first being back at the Masters, where he finished 47th. He withdrew from the PGA Championship after the third round, and then he missed the cut at the British Open, which was the 150th Open. That was in St. Andrews. Today, Tiger Woods came out, front nine. Best word to describe it, scrambling. Okay, all over the golf course, erratic with the driver, uh, finding the rough, the the Kukulia rough, and some pretty decent approaches. For those of you who do not know, he switched golf balls. Tiger Woods is now playing with the Bridgestone Tour BX. I guess less spin, but he's getting more distance off of that particular ball. I don't know how long he'll stay with it. It's not like he's played a lot of competitive golf, as I just documented. But, you know, Tiger today... Uh, did some nice things. He, he really did. He began with a a birdie, and then he had a birdie on eight, almost a birdie on nine. So he went out with a 34, two birdies, one bogey. That was one under, unfortunately, for Tiger. Once again, as he's now coming in, playing hole number 10, he just had a bogey on 10, missing a fairway. Right now, he's got himself in position Number 11, which is a par 5, uh, the 11th hole. Let's see, Tiger Woods right now standing over a putt, and he just barely pushed it uh, to the right side of the hole. So let's see. I don't know if that was for par or if, in fact, that was for bogey. Uh, it appears it was a par for Tiger Woods. So in what used to be eagle opportunities, certainly birdies. For Tiger Woods, the par five, first one here in the back, is a par for Tiger Woods. Only one par five on the front. This is a a par 71 at uh, Pacific Palisades. So one par five on the front, Tiger as well, with a uh, par on that fifth hole a little bit earlier today. So it's good to have you with us. My name is Rick Bolillo alongside the incomparable J.J. LaSalva. This, I mean, to me, this is like... Being caught up in the moment. Don't know how many more of these we're going to get. And, you know, I 
I just since it's West Coast golf, I'm going to be able to watch these final seven and a half holes um, and keep you updated on everything that's happening today with Tiger Woods because th- this is really the end. I mean, Tom Brady just announced uh, that his career is over. I, I look at a guy like Alex Ovechkin who's missing a week's worth of hockey, unfortunately. Uh, his father did pass. I want to say he's has flown back to Russia. I'm not sure uh, where his dad is, but you know he's tracking Wayne Gretzky, uh, historically speaking, for the most goals ever scored in the National Hockey League. The King last week broke the all-time scoring record, and I actually have a survey which I may get into later today. I also may not get into it later today, but it says the state of Florida actually believes that the greatest basketball player of all time is the king, and it's not Michael Jordan. I totally disagree with that. But the point I'm trying to make is that some of the greats that we have ever seen are leaving us. And even though Tiger Woods is not as feared as he once was, even though Tiger Woods is nowhere nowhere close to, you know, what he actually did accomplish, particularly, you know, in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and, and, and certainly – uh, into the turn of the millennium, t- to me, it still is worth the watch. Okay, I, frankly, I I don't even know if I would have begun today talking about golf, talking about the PGA Tour, if Tiger Woods wasn't out there. I I didn't do it at Pebble. I didn't do it at the Phoenix Open. I didn't do it back at Torrey Pines. Uh, those three incredible events on the West Coast swing. But Tiger has that ability to draw. Tiger Woods what he has done, love him or hate him. And it feels like those who hated him now are starting to come along. And we have noticed the maturation of Tiger Woods. Obviously, there's been humility. Obviously, he has shown us that he is human and he is vulnerable. He's made mistakes. I I, I think there are people who take massive shots at Woods who I would gather live in glass houses. Let's check your record. The problem is no one cares about you, you know, when it comes to the things that that Tiger Woods has actually uh, gotten rung up for uh, by the general public. But just watching him go out there is, um, to me, it's about as great as any sporting event uh, that you could ask for. I really hope he comes here for the players. I'm asked that daily. I do not know. I was with Jarrett Rice a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you heard about this, JJ, but I left one three feet, five inches away on 17. Knocked in the birdie pot, 117 yards out. I went with a wedge. They actually opened the coverage on Golf Channel today. <laughs> um, I, I, I get bits and pieces of news all the time from the great PR staff over there at uh, PGA Tour Communications, but that's a big what if. Um, personally, I think it'd be a great move for Tiger Woods because let me tell you why, all right? The LIV stole a couple of other players today. The LIV, all that venom that was spewed early, it kind of feels like, all right, you got it out of your system, whether you want to call it blood money or whatever the case may be, your opinion was heard. But people want to see exciting golf. And yeah, I don't know about the coverage. I don't know about things like that. Rafael Esparza is going to join us a little bit early tonight. He's going to be here at seven o'clock. And, you know, he, he's uh, actually got a, a, a television interview to do on the XFL, which is coming up 
not too far down the road. I think it's the XFL, maybe the USFL. Hell, I don't know. I kind of take those two particular leagues off. Uh, I get enough football with the NFL in college. But I'll be interested to hear from Raphael what the wagering is like on the Live Tour, okay? Hardcore gamblers, it doesn't matter what it is. If there's an opportunity to make some money, it doesn't matter what the level, what the competition is. If they believe that they have a chance to cash a ticket at the window, uh, they are going to play that. So, you know, we'll make our way towards that coming up in just a little bit. But back here, it would be such a great PR move for the PGA Tour if Tiger Woods at the age of 47 would come here and play, okay? You look at the event here in L.A., 19 of the top 20 golfers are in this event. I'm watching Woods right now. Again, he is right off the tee. He, he's, he's struggling right now to hit fairways. And he, physically, he looks good. I, I think that's the biggest concern. And he's even said it that, you know, when he plays with his son, Charlie, or when he plays, you know, with buddies or whatever, he, obviously he's allowed to use a golf cart, and, and that's what he does. He's been quoted as saying that he believes he can still make all the shots. The biggest issue right now for Tiger Woods is is being physically fit to walk 72 holes. You know, I, I watched him walk the first nine today, except for when I was in my vehicle coming over here, and he looked good. He did physically. But back to the Players' Championship, which is, you know, less than a month away, I think it would be a huge cue for the event if Tiger Woods came out here and played. I think a lot of that depends on if he makes the cut here in L.A., how well does he perform here in L.A. But with all the attention and, you know, last year's champion, among others, a lot of former champions. I mean, it seems like every former player's champion is playing in this event in Los Angeles. I I was looking at the leaderboard, and it's just filled with former players' champions, some of which are not allowed to play in the event here at the players in in March. I think it'd be a a great story uh, for Tiger Woods if, in fact, he does come and play in this event. All right, some golf tonight. That You know, that's basically all I'm going to do there outside of keeping you updated. Uh, Max Homa, 7 under, a 64 today. John Rahm, one stroke behind with a 65, so that's minus six. Matt Kuchar, when I say Matt Kuchar, what do you think of, JJ? Ripping off a uh, uh, Mexican caddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. That Max, I mean... Word association is so awful. Okay, I, I, I say Tiger Woods, and I don't care where you are listening. When I say the word Tiger Woods, when I say the, the name Tiger Woods, I imagine... Greatness. Well, whether you're a man or you're a lady or you're old or you're young, there's several things that run through your mind. The greatest of all time. His transgressions. Um, his wife beating him and his vehicle up. You know, with an eight iron. There's so many getting with the Perkins waitress. Okay, there's so many things that you could think of when you get the Tiger Woods. When you get the Matt Kuchar, it's no longer the greatest player on the PGA Tour to never have won a major. It's the guy did not tip the going wage. What an unbelievable persona and image that this guy is going to have to try 
to erase. And it, it's quite a shame because he's such a likable guy. He seems like a nice guy just from, you know, interviews. No one needs to win a major on tour more than Matt Cooper. <laughs> you know, he won a player's championship. And he had his found. This was sometime they all run together for me. You know, it's also interesting. I can remember the first ones I ever covered. The first one I ever covered was in 97 when Elkington won it. All right, it was his second. And then Justin Leonard won it in 98. And then David Duvall from Jacksonville won it in 99. And on 17 on Sunday, he had, I mean, you talk about berries. The guy went right of the pin with that pin placement on Sunday. I mean, who does that? Well, David Duvall uh, did that. So I remember like early on, but... This was 2012. Um, for Cooch? Yep. Yeah. I I would have guessed somewhere in that in, in that neighborhood. Uh, but I've actually, I've played a round of golf before in a foursome with his dad over at the Plantation, uh, which is a, a beautiful uh, private course uh, here in town. And it's a good family. He's a good guy. But, and I'm sure I'm not helping right now by, uh, you know, bringing this to just your attention jokes. Just jokes. once again. But, man, I mean, you know, it, there's certain people that that's it. You know, Bill Buckner was arguably a Hall of Famer. What are you going to remember with Bill Buckner? The ball bouncing between his legs in game six of the 1986 World Series. It, there's probably some people in town here. I think Morton Anderson, if he's – I'm not sure – there's only three kickers in the Hall of Fame. I, I want to say Morton Anderson is in. If not, he will get in someday. I, I think Adam Vinatieri is going to get in someday. But, you know, folks around here with the name uh, Morton Anderson is raised. They they think of the missed PAT right here in town with Atlanta, uh, allowing the Jaguars to to move on and get into the playoffs in January. Of 1997. So I'm going to keep you updated today. Tigers playing with Justin Thomas, who's at one under. Also playing with Rory McIlroy at last look. Uh, I saw Rory as well at one under. But temperatures are dropping in L.A. and the wind is picking up. So it'll make for some excitement uh, coming up here with the final holes to be played. Round one in Los Angeles. All right, when I come back. I'm actually really excited about this. I'm going to credit a listener. And, you know, I, I ask you nightly uh, to give us your opinion on whatever it is that we're talking about on our text line at 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Because I, I, I have always valued the listener's opinion. And it's not just a shtick. You know, it's not just a canned approach where, hey, you know, Baloo's a man for the people. No, I mean, I learned from you. And we love it. When we kind of go off on little things that aren't always 100% sports, it's the participation level is absolutely incredible. But when we do get into hardcore uh, athletic, you know, hardcore topics like we did last night with the quarterbacks, there's also some great response, and, and a texter last night asked a question that involved this future with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, which is truly one of the greatest questions I've ever gotten from a listener. And I'm going to tell you about that on the other side. I, I think you'll really enjoy it because you know what? It's going to make you think. The, the bottom line, and I'm teasing this right now, 
okay? There's no perfect answer. It's a 12-pack minimum conversation. I'm going to try to fit it in the next hour and 42 minutes, sober. So that may be difficult. But the bottom line is there is no pound the table. This is the way that you are supposed to do it. You can come at it from both sides. And that's the beauty. And we're going to spend some time with that. Again, I'm going to tease that to the top or coming out of the next break. And uh, we'll take a look at things uh, then uh, as far as, you know, how that is concerned. All right, opening comments tonight and each every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Some people have asked me, how's the eye? The eye's good. You know what Baloo did? He screwed up. You know what Baloo did? Uh, don't do what Baloo does. Only do what Baloo says. Is he a fraud? Perhaps. Because I've been telling you, you know, I've been telling you folks time and again, time and again, take your contacts out. Don't fall asleep in them. It's the worst thing that you can do for your eyes. Sure enough, I had a massive taste on Super Bowl Sunday and included a trip to Baloo's bar. I found myself on the couch. I think it was Pink Floyd, maybe metal. Maybe relics. You know, it was like old school. Pink Floyd. I got up off the couch, had to use the restroom, went to take out the one-day disposable contacts, and because I was not in the right frame of mind, I left a little divot in my eye. Not good. I immediately called Shemunez Vision. He brought me in. He told me not to worry about it. It was nothing dangerous. It was just discomfort. He provided for me some drops. This was Tuesday morning. It's now Thursday night. I'm about 85 to 90, maybe 95% better. And I know by the weekend, it is going to be perfect. I know that when I go into that third world country of Costa Rica next week, I'm going to have no issues at all as far as my eyes. Uh, Other problems? Well, they could possibly exist. Anyway, bottom line, Schmunez Vision. That's just a little part of what they do, okay? They're a family business top-notch when it comes to all of your needs with your eyes. Give them a call, 299-2906, or go to schmunezvision.com. Care, you can see. Rolling down Imperial Highway into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Give me another sports talk radio show in America that's playing Randy Newman, I Love L.A. I dare you. Right? Same era. Robert Conrad right now would go, I dare you. Knock that Duracell off my shoulder. I love L.A. We love it. Here we go. Are they going to drop another verse on us first? That sounds like it. There we go. I was supposed to hate this, too, because it came out in 83, so it was right in the midst of the... Well, the Celtics won the title in 81, 84, and 86, and they would have won about 10 more if Len Bias didn't die. But, of course, L.A. was uh, rocking as well with uh, Magic Kareem You're James right Worthy. You're right about the video. And company. Oh, the videos. I, I mean, that was back in the day where 
you know, you had to go to your buddy's house and look, look under the bed for maybe a Playboy. If not, you know, maybe your mom had a National Geographic <laughs> or something. Now all of a sudden this video came out and the whole world's like, hey, man, have you seen the There's Randy Newman? I love here. L.A. Yeah. Oh, the chicks are unbelievable. Uh, oh. the, the 80s bangs. Get me every time. Listen, man. everything I don't know about the how 80s. You guys were so into that. Oh but. my God, the Jesus. 80s. The 80s was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Don't anyone tell you differently. The 80s was a just simpler awesome. time. It really was a better time. Look how um, look how far we've come. No one's wearing a mask in this video. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I I don't know, but it it was certainly um. A different time period. L.A. certainly looks different now. Yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, L.A. is, um, I don't know. I've never been. I'm just talking crap. I have no idea. I want to go. I've been many, you know, I've been many times, including a year ago, the year they opened up that brand new building uh, when the Jaguars lost there to the Rams. SoFi. Right. Um... I think because the Jags played in Oakland, the Jags played in San Francisco, the Jaguars played in San Diego a couple of times. I think outside of that, the last time I was actually in Los Angeles was back when Florida State beat Auburn for the national title. Stayed in Las Vegas and took the big party bus over to the Rose Bowl. So that would be it. But, you know, I was in Chicago. I said many times we were the home of the Trojans. So for seven years, I got to go to USC, UCLA. And, you know, listen, the great Tony Baselli and, and the greats who've come out of USC, just let me tell you something right now. The environment at a USC-UCLA game in Los Angeles' Coliseum or in Los Angeles' Rose Bowl is nothing compared to going to Tallahassee for Florida State, Florida, or going to the Swamp for Florida State, Florida, or going down to the old Orange Bowl or the NFL stadium of the name of the month uh, that it is now in Miami for the Canes and the Nose. You cannot compare. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Florida State guy. I'm saying that because I'm honest. And I was, I, I went to seven of them in Los Angeles. It was neat, but it's kind of that laid back, you know, we'll arrive after kick and we'll beat traffic home. It's, it's not that this is all that matters Florida feel in LA there's so many things to do instead of having like you know Warwick Dunn and Ed Reed on the sidelines at that game you know you have like Will Ferrell oh yeah and Snoop <laughs> yeah Snoop's exactly. blowing it's Snoop's over totally there doing gravity feel. bomb <laughs> it's just Snoop's he's not even vaping he's just firing up doobies right right on the <laughs> sideline yeah I still would love to go to the Rose Bowl just the the, uh, the stadium You're gonna. I, I think you'd be disappointed. Just the old crappiness of it. You know, it's the, the bowels are like Fenway Park. The bowels are like Wrigley Field. The bowels are like the old Orange Bowl. It's it's uh, prehistoric. <laughs> it's a beautiful setting because you you're you're literally put right in around mountains, right. and you know you park on what is a UCLA public golf course which is right there. And obviously, you know, that that defines 
pageantry, the Rose Bowl and Keith Jackson and the Pac, you know, the old Pac-10 the and the Big Ten. The granddaddy of them all. But, you know, I, I'd much rather see a national title uh, in Atlanta. Really? I'd much rather those see those corporate-ass stadiums, yeah. man? Oh. Yep. They're all yep. Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. Every city has a Mercedes-Benz dome. Much rather see one in the Superdome. Much rather see one at uh, Pro Player Park or whatever it's called now in Miami. I have been to all those. It's not really a big deal to me, but. Well, I mean, we're spoiled now. And Again, I've told this story before, but, you know, I. I went to this game as not a member of the media. I went to this game as a fan, Florida State Auburn. Okay? And, again, I was really drinking a lot of cocktails. So, I have to leave and go to a restroom. And it's hard to find a restroom. Okay? That's, it's, that's not cool. It's not like the restrooms here in Jacksonville. It's not like the restrooms in Gainesville or, or Tallahassee where, you know, there's only a few restrooms. And also, when you – go to get a refreshment or you go to the lavatory, there's either the play-by-play radio on for you to hear or there's TVs everywhere. So you have an idea who has the ball and what's going on. Well, I'm waiting in line. As a matter of fact, I quit drinking during the game simply because I didn't want to have to leave my seats and keep going to the bathroom. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm listening and you hear the crowd erupt. But it's a neutral game. So you don't you, know who it is. You got half Auburn fans, and you got half Florida State fans, and the crowd's going nuts. You know that a touchdown has happened, or you know that it, a, a turnover happened. And, you know, you, you know what it's like when you got to go so bad. It's the most important thing, but you're like, my gosh, what is going on up there? You know, game-changing plays. And you have no idea what team it was for. So, to me, that was the most frustrating part of all. Yeah, as a um, uh, frequent urinator like yourself, like that's hell, being in absolute hell. Well, it's not just uh, when you get to be my age that 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 becomes part of it. You know, it's your life. Like, when you go to concerts, you got to have things mapped out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I always kind of refer to it as my pee song. When they you, play this song, so I'm, you look I'm, up the set list before you get there and circle this one in yellow. That's today's technology. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, if you really know the band, you love the band, you hear the first couple of chords, you know what song it's going to be. You're like, I'm out. That's when you make a run for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods has given another one back. He has now bogeyed two of his last three holes. He bogeys number four. Uh, or, or, excuse me, he bogeyed 10 with a five um, on the par four 10th hole, and he has done the same now on 12, the par four 12th hole with a five uh, so, Tiger, giving up two shots here in the last three holes. He's on 13 right now. Presently, he is even par. That's two birdies, two bogeys. He is tied for 79th place, and he is seven strokes behind Max Homa. All right, let me get out here on time so when I come back, I can really set up things nicely uh, for this scenario that involves uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. I, I think you'll find it very intriguing. That's coming up on the other side. Thanks for joining us. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, apart from Tiger Woods on 13, he is even through 13. Two birdies, two bogeys, obviously the rest pars. The Jaguars today officially announced two coaching 
additions. Chad Hall, we've talked a great deal about. 36 years of age. Comes from Buffalo. Uh, uh, Adam Kaplan, who I talked with quite a bit off the air. Uh, NFL Insider, also with NFL uh, XM Radio. Says he believes he's among the best wide receiver coaches in the NFL. So that's a huge get for Doug Peterson. Also announced was Greg Austin as the offensive quality control coach. Jim Bob Cooter, they have asked Jacksonville, the Indianapolis Colts now, if they can have permission to interview Jim Bob Cooter for the offensive coordinator position. Of course, Jim Bob is the passing game coordinator. He has previously interviewed with Tampa and Carolina within the last... I'd say two and a half, three weeks, maybe a tad bit longer than that. I, I do not want him leaving because of stability. I certainly do not want him leaving within the division and going over to Indianapolis. But it's it appears it would be a promotion. So I, you can't, you know, if it's a lateral move, I get it. But if it's a promotion, uh, that uh, could be a concern. So. We'll keep you updated. All right. I got, um, oh, I printed it and I forgot to uh, actually get who sent it to me. I think I want to credit the right person here. Oh, goodness. I think it was 5885. Uh, if not, I'm sorry, 5367. Anyway, but it's numbers, right? Uh, you know who you are. Okay. We'll you, call you Jack. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll call you. Um, uh, with uh, we'll call you we'll call you John Doe. Okay, now we won't do that. But it says Truth Tower. Should the Jaguars go broke while Trevor is under the rookie contract, or should they play it cautiously with the salary cap? This thing hit me like a two by four, right across the forehead, because it is such a genius question. There right now isn't a wrong answer. Okay. For me, it's about finding the right answer. And there are two totally different schools of thought. To me, the most important thing is where is this team in a year compared to where they are right now? Okay. Trevor Lawrence is not eligible for a contract extension until March 15th of 2024. We're going to see in a month, I believe, uh, if it's not going to happen on the day of the league, you know, officially beginning, which is March 15th. But we're going to see it this summer. Joe Burrow, J- uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, um, Tua, which is beyond uh, scary considering his, his concussions, Ju- you know, Justin Herbert. Th- those four are up now. For those who don't get this, and I understand that just about all of you do, the way the first-round contracts work in the NFL is you get your four-year domino effect contract. That happens to all rookies who are drafted. Doesn't matter what round. Trevor's the top pick in the first round. He is playing this season, Trevor Lawrence is, for 10, his cap number is $10 million, Okay. Next year, Trevor Lawrence's cap number is 11707000 As you know, 
first-round picks only, the team has a right to pick up a fifth-year option, okay? That is automatic on Trevor Lawrence. It's not even an issue. It's just a matter of, you know, when will that actually take place? As a matter of fact, they, they got to make a decision right now or soon on Caleb on Chase on. The fifth-year option for Caleb on Chase on is $12,141,000. I got a better chance of getting that fifth-year option than Caleb on Chase on does. But with Trevor Lawrence, you could pick up the fifth-year option. So he plays this year, year three. You can't do anything. Next year, you play out your fourth year. You pick up that fifth year. Worst-case scenario, you could slap a franchise tag on him the following season. So you could have him for 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026. That's four more years just by taking advantage of the rules that NFL franchises have. Here becomes the most important question. How sensitive is Trevor Lawrence? On the outside, as a 23-year-old young man, you can't find any faults. He's humble. He's a leader. He showed maturation. He showed, you know, finally some anger, which guys like me wanted to see, needed to see. Okay, you want to see a tiny bit of Brady in him, a tiny bit of Phillip Rivers in him, and it, and it came out. And I, and I got to believe there's going to be even more going down the line. But just because something is perceived, we don't know what's really going on here. And his agent and his ego is going to take off. If Joe Burrow gets $51 million a year, Trevor Lawrence has got to be with his buddies say, my gosh, you realize next year at this time you're going to be making $55 million a year. What you would love is this. You would love him to honestly look at Trent Bulky and Shad Khan and Doug Peterson and be somewhat like Tom Brady, where the most important thing for him right now is to win a Super Bowl, okay? And again, that's easier said than done. Brady's the only one who took less. All these other players took the ultimate, and it's hurt them uh, at some other positions. I mean, I heard people a year ago say when Tyreek Hill's gone from Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be able to win a Super Bowl again. You know, he took too much money. He should have saved a little something-something for someone else. Well, we, we saw how that worked out. But you have to have a pretty good understanding and feel for what is going on with Trevor Lawrence because as far as I'm concerned, I'd pay him sooner than later. And let me tell you why. If Burrow gets the money that he's going to get and Hertz and Herbert get the money this year that we think they are going to get, even though you can attempt to do what I said at the beginning by making them play next year, year four, and then picking up that fifth-year option, which financially now, under the salary cap, makes the most sense to win now. If you can develop your drafted players, like the three top defensive players from this past year, okay, Jacksonville's not going to take another step forward unless Trayvon Walker, Chad Muma, and Devin Lloyd all improve significantly. Not just marginally, significantly. 
Tyson Campbell improved significantly. Uh, Cisco didn't play as a rookie, barely at all. He certainly did some nice things last year. I happen to be one of those who believes that Andre Cisco still can get a lot better than what he showed. Okay, that, that's just my opinion. But these are the type of things you have to look at because there's going to be so many very expensive players that you can say goodbye to at the end of next year, just like saying goodbye to Shaq Griffin in a month, or if they decide to say goodbye to Roy Robertson-Harris in a month, or Jamal Agnew in a month, or Sean Jenkins in a month. And I, I think, you know, many of those players, they are going to try to restructure their deal. Um, you look at 2024, okay, if Christian Kirk's not cutting it, he's he, Christian Kirk this year would cost you thirty million five hundred thousand to cut him. That'd be your dead cap money. Next year it goes to ten million. Cam Robinson, if you cut him this year, dead cap money twenty six million. Next year five million. Brandon Sheriff this year twenty three five if you cut him in dead cap money. Next year five million. Foyer Oluwakan if you cut him this year twenty two million three hundred thirty three thousand. Next year Foyer Oluwakan. $4,166,000. Trent Bulky's done an unbelievable job with these contracts. Th- these are two years. You can get out of all of these deals after two years. And if you're not performing, again, you're going to have to pay some dead cap. If you don't know what the dead cap money is, it still counts against your $224.8 million salary cap figure, which will go up probably another $10 million next year, okay? Even though they're not on your 90-man roster. Right now, the only debt, this past year, Jackson will have more than $30 million dead money. They paid Joe Schobert $9 million not to be here. They paid Miles Jack somewhere in the same neighborhood not to be here. They were paying out more than $30 million. Right now, dead cap money for the Jaguars which will come into effect on March 15th. You got LaVisca Chenault for $789,000. Jay Tufele for four hundred and twelve dollars large. And Gregory Jr. for $131,000. Combined, that's $1,411,000. That's nothing. Now, more is coming. Okay, when you cut Shaq, uh, let's see, cutting Shaq alone is going to, um, you're going to, well, he's got a cap figure of $17,147,000. You'll pay out four in dead cap, but you'll be able to recoup to hopefully turn around and sign Evan Ingram or Arden Key or John Taylor or whoever it is you want to re-sign. You're going to bring back $13,147,000, okay? And right now, Jackson was more than $22 million over the cap. So they're going to have to make some changes because they're also adding Calvin, R- Calvin Wrigley to the books as we know, as soon as he is officially reinstated. So this becomes a a matchup game. I, I believe that if the Atlanta Braves every year won the East, every year the Braves were playoff contenders, every year the Braves were in the playoffs and they were going to the divisional round, they were going to the championship round, their flaw was always the bullpen. They only won one World Series. I remember 96, and they were up two games to nothing, and Brocious hit the home. And all. Anyway, that's one way of looking at it, a consistent team. Okay, Bobby Bowden had what? Those 14 straight top five finishes. Uh, Dean Smith went to 
the Sweet 16 all the time. But Dean only won a couple. Bobby only won a couple. Bobby Bowden, that is. Bobby Cox only won one. Then you go down to the bottom of the state, the Marlins are bottom feeders year after year after year. But in that same time period, they won two World Series. So what's more important? If you think you can put everything together and win in 2024 or 2025, then you let Trevor Lawrence play out this rookie contract. You pick up that fifth-year option, and you do everything else roster-wise to fill in the gaps, re-sign key players, and go for it. If instead you look at Trevor Lawrence as a 23-year-old and he'll be eligible for a new contract when he's 24 as a guy that's going to lead this franchise for another 12 to 15 years, man, you're better off getting ahead of him and paying him now because even though the money is incredible, it's outrageous, it's actually going to be cheaper down the road to get it done now. So that's the difficult part in all of this. It comes down to timing. And, J.J., I want to get your opinion on this as well. To me, the most important thing to do is get, a, get an understanding of how things progress in a year, and then you – they don't have to make a decision for 13 months, which is good news. Where is the team in a year? Where are those other expensive players – who you can say goodbye to for a dead cap hit, and what did you do as far as wins and losses, and where are you uh, projection-wise the following year as a chance to really win it, I think that determines whether they do it or do not do it. Yeah, I don't ever understand why they pay these guys earlier than they have to. I I know they want to make the quarterback happy. They want to win the you know, press conference and show, hey, look how much money we're paying this guy. We want him for life. But you don't need to do that in the NFL. Like you said, you have so many opportunities to keep this guy. Trevor's not a guy who's going to get butt hurt, you know, like Lamar is. I just would never see that coming from him. Um, Yeah, no need. Fix the roster. Let Trevor play on his rookie deal as long as possible. All right, there you have it. J.J. thinks rookie deal. I happen to be one of those that is a little bit concerned about respect, lack of respect. I try to get it done sooner than later. And I'm also saying that with the understanding of two things. The salary cap is going to go up. And again, for those of you who do not think that Trent Bulky has managed the salary cap well here in Jacksonville, you are wrong. There's no other way to say it. You're wrong. I have the data right here. These contracts seem like they're so incredibly overpaid, but they're two-year contracts with some dead money to say goodbye to in year three. It's, it, it, and, and that's not going to be a Trevor Lawrence contract, by the way, nor do you want it to be a Trevor Lawrence quarterback. The guy's going to be 24 next year at this time. Yeah, they're and, not looking for an early out no, with Trevor after a no couple way. seasons. <laughs> no way. So, listen, Rafael Esparza is going to join me here in about five minutes. I, I want to do a couple of things with Rafael, but after that I want to grab your reaction. Best way to do it is the text line 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime. 
enclosures. Again, this is the beauty of where Jacksonville is. And, and instead of saying, hey, Baloo, why aren't you talking about the draft in 70 days? I'm like, screw that. Okay, we'll get to the draft when we get to the draft. Right now, it's about pipe dreaming. Right now, it's about really thinking about the future of this organization. And you got a quarterback, and you got a coach, and you got some players, and you got a GM that apparently we were all wrong about. And how do you put this together? So tell me how you feel. Are you with JJ? Want to play out the rookie deal? Are you more on my side and say, nah, I think the sooner you pay him, the better off you are for all the reasons that I highlighted. 641-1010. That is the best way to get us on the text line, and that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, the Genesis Invitational continues. Tiger Woods now consecutive pars after two bogeys on 10 and 12. Again, he went out today with a 34, one under, a bogey on four, birdies on one in eight, almost a birdie on nine. So Tiger right now uh, tied for 78th place. Your leader, Max Homa, minus seven, shot a 64. Let's go to Las Vegas. We bring in our good friend. He is Rafael Esparza with my bookie. In mybookie.com. Raphael, how did things end up after Super Bowl 57? All those prop bets, all those the times I had them talk about Super Bowl, and it was pretty much we broke even. <laughs> so, uh, Well, that's good. Uh, that's fine for a book on an event like that. It is, but the, you see the final numbers, and you think about all the stuff that you that you barely slept for a good, good two weeks and think about all the prop bets and stuff like that. You, you, I'm, I don't want to say I'm greedy, but you would kind of want to see, hey, uh, get an email from the boss. Hey, great Sunday, we crushed it. Not broke even. What do you got? What do you got next coming down the pipeline? Yeah, I saw the ace by Ricky Fowler. So how did that prop end up? Hole in ones compared to turnovers. Uh, pretty good. We needed the hole in one, so that was uh, that was actually good for us. I forgot that we. I wonder if they posted that. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, send me ten percent then. Crying out loud. Checks in the mail. All right, there you go. Uh, what you know this week, maybe even early this morning. I, I it's a West Coast event, but any Tiger Woods money at all. Anytime Tiger Woods is, is on the course, we're going to get flooded of money if people think he's going to come. People bet Tiger Woods like he's Tiger Woods from the year 2000. That's why when you said 78, <laughs> 78 place, I laughed inside a little bit. Everyone knows my story about Tiger. We were not the best of friends. We've had beef before. So when you mentioned 78, I laughed inside because isn't that the same Tiger Woods that we've seen in 2000 that he's going to wear the red polo and limp in 18 and host a trophy? This is not the same. Quit betting him to win it. He's not going to win it. All right, 19 of the top 20 golfers in the world, according to their rankings, are playing in this event. Uh, at the window, where did most of the money go outside of Tiger? Uh, we're sweating John Rahm. He's, I think he's second. I think he ended up suiting uh, minus six today, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So a lot of tickets were written on him. And Rahm's always a real popular. Malcolm is always a real popular one. Uh, Kuchar, I think, who's tied for a fifth or sixth uh, last time I checked the leaderboard. He was a popular one, but 
like I said, as long as Tiger doesn't win it, we're not going to get crushed. But uh, John Ramos had a lot of tickets written on him. A year ago, when the live got underway, I remember you stating that, you know, for the hardcore gambler, as long as it's on TV, they, they want to bet. But if it's an event that they have trouble seeing, and I know that folks pirated the live, um, but but how about a year later now? What's your sense here? Are, are more folks going to be betting on that particular brand of golf? I think they will. I think year after year, especially now when they got the TV contract for CW, which I don't even know what channel CW is on half of the time. So <laughs> that was probably going to be. But I think you, when years pass, I think uh, bygones will be bygones and they'll all be lovey-dovey and uh, PGA will be okay with it. Uh, I think the betting will be uh, okay. But right now, there's still some full-time golfers that won't want nothing to do or betting to do with Liv. We are talking with uh, Rafael Esparza, joining us from MyBookieMyBookie.com. All right, great stuff happening. Uh, the Daytona 500 this weekend. Uh, any early money on in a particular driver there? Yeah, I mean, it's, gonna be, it's, it's a big weekend. And even though there's no football, well, there is football this weekend. We'll get the XFL starts up on on Saturday. But, yeah, it's a Daytona 500 getting some nice action coming in uh, on that. So it's really open this year. I haven't really seen one powerful, powerful driver that's getting all the action. It's pretty much fluctuating. Now, Chevrolet is getting a lot. We have that prop bet. What car is going to get bet most? Uh, Chevrolet Ford and all the other ones. That's a popular bet. So we don't need a Chevy. Uh, to win it. But right now, I think all the drivers are pretty much equal, and there's no really big significant one that we're going to need someone not to win or, or stuff like that. So it should be easy, but the money will start coming in starting tomorrow night. Right now, it's, it's you know $10 here, $20 here, but the major money will start coming in tomorrow night. All right. I know you're getting ready to go do an interview with the XFL. Are, how's the money on? I mean, that's something that I leave behind now, uh, but. I mean, it's still football. So, so how is that around the United States? It's going to be interesting because it's opening up again this weekend, uh, a holiday weekend. President's Day is on on Monday, so I think, and it's all all four games, or I'm sorry, all uh, yeah, four games are on TV Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see USFL, which starts next month, starts their season two, but week one for them last year. And then a significant amount of money come in through the window. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Vegas opens up the first game against Arlington on Saturday. Uh, I think Seattle, D.C., the last game on Sunday, which is 7 o'clock game, a nice spot on a Sunday when you don't have to go to work on Monday. So uh, I think that's probably going to get a lot of action. So I'm, I'm very I'm very curious to see what kind of action is going to come on these games. Uh, you can check out as well, Raphael, his website. It's called youcanbetthat.com. A lot of great stuff in, including the Razzie awards I, I i love your worst actor candidate it's uh machine gun kelly jared leto tom hanks pete davidson or sly stallone Who, who's the leader in the clubhouse there uh machine machine gun kelly is probably probably gonna get bumped up to maybe minus 160 or some jared leto who for you didn't see morpheus was horrible but <laughs> money comes in on tom hanks i think i think people just want to bet it just because they can say tom hanks Razzie Award, which he's nominated not one but twice. He's also nominated for his supporting role in Elvis. Uh, so he's I'm there for uh, twice for worst supporting actor. So uh, it's very I was very weird for me to type Tom Hanks not once but twice uh, in in the scenario. Unbelievable! You even have your halftime odds for next year's Super Bowl entertainment, which will be in Vegas. The Killers minus one ten. U two is second plus one fifty. They just announced their uh residency in vegas 
I need tickets, brother. I haven't asked you for anything in like the last 10 years. I need them, and I need them as soon as they go on sale. They getting $10 million. Those tickets are going to be in the G range. Uh, I, I cannot believe it. I, I'm going to have to pull out every favor that I have just to get two tickets to take to the wife. It's very you get curious. I mean, you two, they've already done a Super Bowl. But if they're going to be there, how do you not open the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas? And I think the killers will be something involved uh, in it just because they're a Vegas brand. Uh, but well, Taylor Swift, she's going to be on tour during that time, so she could easily stop by and do it. I think we're going to have an epic, epic halftime show next year just because it's in Vegas first time. And I would not be shocked if Wayne Newton jumps on stage <laughs> at the end of it. All right, Raphael, tell us about MyBookie and uh, MyBookie.org. Yeah, even if uh, the real football is over, it's, it's not completely over for us. You got college basketball, NBA All-Star breaks this weekend. You got NHL. Your Bruins play Nashville tonight. Good luck for you on that one. And then, again, you get the XFL, USL, and then the Daytona 500 spins away on Sunday. So it's a great, great, great weekend to jump on board and cash big. Raphael, I will miss you next week. I will be in Costa Rica, but we will talk the week yeah. after. I appreciate it as my, always. You can go visit my office in San Jose. <laughs> yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank you. Take, take it easy. There he goes, Raphael Esparza. Oh, Rory just barely pulled one to the left of the cup. Oh, that's a shame. I know. He's such a whiner. Hey, you know, I, I was here hearing uh, Hayes and Frank and Lauren talking about, like, their favorite golfer oh, and all that stuff. Oh, they love Rory. And I was like, well, my favorite golfer still is still Tiger. And sometimes Frank asked me during crosstalk questions that they were talking about, and he was going to ask me. I don't know who I would have picked who's my favorite golfer right now on tour, but I, I will say this. Two of the really great ones on tour right now, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, I dislike them both. They are massive whiners. Yeah, Justin Thomas I don't really know too much about. He just fits that label of boring ass, like, you know, Jordan Spieth type, you know, like nothing special about their personality to me. I, you're like your typical built-in-a-lab PGA Tour golfer guy. They're boring. Yeah. Oh, so many of those guys, they have this Netflix series out now that's trying to make these guys less boring, but it's not going to work. That's actually, I've heard quite a bit about that. Tiger just rolled in a par on 15. Uh, so, wait a minute. They have him at plus one. Is that correct? I had him for two bogeys. Oh, that's right. Two bogeys on the back. My apologies. He had he had two birdies and one bogey on the front. He now has two bogeys and all pars on the back. So, Tiger Woods through 15 is at plus one. You know what I don't understand about golf? Everyone talked all last week about how awesome the event is in Arizona. You know, because the fans are cool and everybody has a blast. Okay. Like, why Why do you just do that once a year? Like, why is that not a thing? Why, why do you – if it's so great, why is that not the sport? Well, it's, it's – uh, I think the best way to describe it is they allow that circus atmosphere there. They really don't want it anywhere else. So it, they don't love it. So no, they, they, they I, I, say I think, that it's great. But I think they love it there. But try doing that at Augusta. I, I didn't say Augusta. <laughs> I would never say a major. It happens, but here, like, it happens here a little bit around 17. Not to that extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Just more fun. Golf needs more fun. There's no question. There's absolutely no question. I mean, seeing Max Homa mic'd up uh, recently was was uh, was better for the sport. Uh, you know, the the thing that got me with with Justin Thomas is, you know, it was kind of lost in in the news. But you know, he was in Hilton Head. This was during COVID a few years ago, and you know, he's like driving home to his rented house. And he's upset that people are out, you know, having some cocktails, eating some burgers, and he popped off and said that they should be inside. Meanwhile, he goes to oh, his was rented. Justin Thomas a lockdown guy? He went no, he went to his rented home, okay, where he's got his masseur, okay, <laughs> yeah. he's got his swing coach, he's got his uh, mental approach coach, he's got his chef. He's got his... Uh, Probably his girlfriend, who's a 10. His maid. Okay, he's got like nine people under his watch, all to you know to his beck and call, yet he's upset that Joe Sixpack wants to go out and get a damn hamburger. I didn't know he was one of those guys. And it's not like he stopped and tried to go to a restaurant. Okay, he just openly ripped him. And from that moment, I was like, you know what, JT? Screw you. I'm with you, you. You're one of the best golfers in the world. You have millions and millions of dollars. So many people are just struggling to get by. And, you know, that's one of those cases where you almost want the athlete to not talk. And you're never going to hear me say that. But it, he just made a complete jackass out of himself. By the way, the uh, you can bet that.com that Rafael Esparza, uh, next year's halftime entertainment, the Killers. Uh, leader at minus 110, U2 plus 150, Imagine Dragons plus 200, Taylor <laughs> Swift plus 250, Foo Fighters plus 300, Beyonce plus 350, Garth Brooks Not plus 400, happening. Drake plus 400, Post Malone plus 500, Chris Stapleton plus 600, Metallica <laughs> plus 600. Are the stones on there? Harry Styles plus 700, Bad Bunny plus 700. That's a sleeper, bro. Ed Sheeran plus 750. Ed Sheeran wrote like the worst song of all time. Isn't it like the like uh, I'm not familiar. I'm so into you, whatever. You laid in my bed last night. Now my pillow smells like I mean it's just like it's like he wrote it on the hopper. And then, you know, Turned it over to his lyricist, or, or actually, I guess he came up with the with the lyrics. But uh, musically, spe- it's it's one of the worst written songs of all time. Justin Bieber plus eight hundred, Nicki Minaj plus eight fifty, Billy Eilish, is it Eilish? Yeah, I plus nine hundred. Lizzo. Whoa. Okay, don't I could n- see that happening. Usher. Uh, Britney old. Spears, Celine Dion, Celine Dion. Is she still a thing? And then he's got he's got an Elvis impersonator at plus twenty five hundred, <laughs> and Wayne Newton at plus three thousand. Okay, let's get to the reaction on Trevor Lawrence and everything that we said a couple of moments ago. The rookie deal, or pay him as soon as he's eligible. Give us your thoughts. 641-1010 on the text line. Again, that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure.
Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, oh, singer-songwriters. Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, James Taylor, McCartney Lennon, Ed Sheeran, ladies and gentlemen. Last night you were in my room, and now my bed sheets smell like you. I mean, that is deep, brother. I mean, that is all. I, I'm here to recognize greatness. And um, what a lyricist. My goodness. He, he, he could be there. The hook is catchy. I'll, I'll give him that. Ladies and gentlemen, and by the we just looked it up on YouTube. It's been played six billion times. Literally. Not million. 5.9 billion views, and we're making fun of it. Ed Sheeran's playing. I hope he plays some of his old stuff. Guy's like 25. <laughs> his old stuff. <laughs> his, just his first album. Mm-hmm. That is a lyric right there. That's my advice to uh, all you young rippers out there, running and ripping. Go with that. Put that in your repertoire. Okay? And, you know, maybe after second, third, fourth date, Finally get her in her apartment. You can kind of play the next time out. Hey, hey, excuse me. Last night, you were in my room. Now my bed sheets smell like you. Do you think that was one of those where he was lying in bed, like, and he woke up and he had that pad next to his bed and had to write that one down? Like, oh, my God, this is. No, no, no. They'll be singing this one for the no, rest of our lives. This is a talented lyricist. What I think happened was that. He rolled over, okay. He smelt his bed sheet, and it smelt like the girl. Her, so he, you. He got up, turned on a light. He's probably got one of those clappers, and the yeah. light went on. He took out a piece of paper and a pen. He wrote down those lyrics. That's my guess for the great Ed Sheeran. You know, for a ginger. Mm-hmm. He's become quite the sex symbol. Yeah. Which is tough to do. Okay. That, that's, you know, as a man ginger, that's not normally the track your life goes. So I'm proud of this guy. 32 from England. 2009 says, Blue, wait, you like Tiger? One of the biggest so-and-so bags ever. <laughs> Drug addiction, treats fans like crap, but he's okay. Uh, yes, sir. Let me repeat myself. I do. I like him more because of I, I love him. Uh, 8,900, Boogie, Tiger Woods' demise was sex. Okay. It's happened to the best of us. 9069, Boogie, Trevor is supposed to be a pretty big part of planning the team. Makeup going forward. If the team takes advantage of the rookie contract rules and treats them like a uh, comedy now. Uh, I'm trying to... Uh, Anyway, I can't. I, I don't know exactly what that is. I apologize. You may have talked into it. I would show total disrespect and will quickly kill the relationship. If that happens, I hope the Jags draft another generational prospect in 2026 because the rent, uh, well, getting a little bit um, squirrely there. I, I don't think that there's any negativity uh, whatsoever. And I, I, I think they'll have a feel as to what is going on. And they'll decide then if he is extra sensitive and he wants his money, that that becomes an issue. 
you have to understand what that's all about. I mean, imagine being in Baltimore right now, and I know that Lamar Jackson was hurt, but that was the question day after day. You're a defensive guy, and you're being asked about a contract extension for Lamar Jackson, and and when you're a quarterback, you're going to be paid much more than anyone else, especially when you're losing. That that becomes taxing for any organization. Zero one zero seven says Blue. I'm in the middle. Exercise his fifth year option with the goal of signing a deal between year four and year five. Okay. So you're, you are in the middle. You're not doing it after year three when he becomes eligible. And, you know, just because I believe Burrow and Herbert and Hertz are going to get theirs this year doesn't mean that they do get it. They could wait it out another year. The, the Tua situation is, is absolutely petrifying because of his concussions. Absolutely no way uh, that you can pay him. 0857 uh, says, um, Baloo, let Trevor play through his four years. Don't make him play on the fifth-year option, then sign him to a 10-year fully guaranteed deal. Sure he would like that. What's that going to cost? $600 million? Maybe. Do, do you realize that we're in 2023? What do you think the year is? 2027? When we have our first billion-dollar <laughs> contract that's signed by an individual player. I guess when, whenever the next TV deal is close to hitting, it probably around then. I, I couldn't fathom it jumping up $500 million in... Three years' time, but I don't know. I, well, I said, uh, I, I, give me the fourth year. I said 2027. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you, 2030? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked by that. It's going to happen. Definitely. I mean, there's NBA players that are making close to 60 mil a year. He, uh, Rafael just said 50. that U2 is going to get $10 million a show in Vegas. I got this text yesterday uh, from a friend of mine. Let me find it. Says in 1974, you could go to a Led Zeppelin concert for six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> now, how much did Frank Frangie pay to go see uh, Bruce? Probably more than seven bucks. Just incredible! It's going to happen. The first billion-dollar athlete. Here's a very long one here. Run from the beach, 1670. Thinking we should sign him early to a nice long six, seven year contract, guaranteed to pay him, you know, what the going rate is. Probably get like fifty million a year. We'll save money because if we wait two or three years, the going rates probably are going to be more like sixty or sixty million plus. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's my way of thinking about this. The salary cap's gonna go up. The the amount of money that a player is going to make is is going to go up. And wait till the Super Bowl is on pay-per-view. <laughs> you know, the best thing that can happen is that all these quarterbacks that are coming up now don't play well, so they don't blow the market up even more For Trevor. after Trevor. I mean, this year, Brock Purdy, as a seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, had a great year. Kenny Pickett was obviously very average. Desmond Ritter, very average. We'll see what happens with this year's class that, that does come in. But it's always next man up. 
you know, Lamar's money is going to be is going to be game changing money. Aaron Rodgers signed his deal a year ago, and he's doing everything he can to get out in Green Bay. Look at the amount of money that Minnesota gave Kirk Cousins. Look at the amount of money that the Raiders gave Derek Carr. I mean, you just look at this money, and it's it's just crazy. I mean, you have to pay a starting quarterback somewhere in the neighborhood right now of $35 million. And, and these young guys that are up, they're going to be in the 45 to $50 million range. It, it's hard to grasp. Trevor might actually be the, just thinking about it, time-wise, maybe if he, on a, I don't know, maybe on a second contract or something. I'm trying to think of who would be the first billion-dollar guy. I guess he's probably still in college or hasn't even got out. Arch Manning. Jordan Travis. Yes. Um, you know what? The way that they are doing these rules to protect quarterbacks, it won't happen this time around. But depending on the length as far as years, it could be the third contract for Joe Burrow. Third contract yeah, right. for Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Third contract for Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't know if I would. There wouldn't be enough years for the build. Of yeah, the billion, though. I don't know if I'd bank on that. I, I, I think, I think it's coming with the next sensational, yes, rookie quarterback who plays at least three, maybe he gives you four, and then you re-sign him. Then that, that's probably where it's going to happen. Could it happen in any other sport? Do you play enough games in the NBA? I know NBA players get paid an incredible amount of money, but when you play 82 games, I mean— They also don't sign long enough deals in the NBA. That's, mm-hmm. There's not enough years on those deals. There's no You never hear about like a 10-year deal anymore in the league or in the association like that. Look at the baseball deals. You know, they're kind of lost in all this. They're like 600, uh, but they're like 10, 12 years now too. We lost Tim McCarver today, yeah. the age 81. Really disappointed to hear that. I, you know, we, JJ and I, we a couple just weeks, talked about it. Yeah, JJ and I, a couple weeks ago, we talked about broadcasters. And I think we're in a tremendous era. And what John Smoltz gives you and has given you with, um, with Buck has been just incredible. But as I said, I, I liked Phil Sims when he was with Jim Nance, and I liked Tim McCarver when he was with Buck, and he was so criticized. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He was also a 21-year Major League Baseball player who became the personal catcher for Bob Gibson. Tim McCarver had a very good baseball career. You know, in my bar, I've got three old St. Louis 1970 Sports Illustrated posters. I, I have two that that hang. I've got one of Bob, the late Bob Gibson and one of the late Lou Brock. I, I have the McCarver one. I never put it up only because, you know, 95% of what is in my bar is all, is all Boston. But I just, I had met Lou Brock. He came across the street and sat down with us. Uh, one afternoon and and just became a big fan. And I was as well when he grew up because he got 3,000 hits in 79, the same year as Carl Yastrzemski. And, and, and honestly, if I could go back in the time and watch one pitcher 
I think I'd pick Bob Gibson. They had to lower the mound because of Bob Gibson. You know, I got to see Nolan Ryan in his heyday, but I would have loved to have seen Bob Gibson. Let me see if I can find that right here before the break um, because it was impressive. Uh, here we go right here. Uh, teams spent $3.7 billion uh, this year on free agents. This is Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge got $360 million. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner, $300 million. Uh, Xander Bogarts, $280 million. And Carlos Correa got $200 million. So that, that's not even close. I mean, three sixty. that's 36%, obviously, of $1 billion. Um, I, I don't the, know. The bad thing about baseball is... What's Otani going to get when he comes up? That's a, that's a good one. But the thing about baseball is... The club has so much control over you for a lot longer than in football that by the time you finally, after arbitration years and all that stuff, to fi- you finally hit free agency, you're probably like 27. You know, the, which that's, you know, you're already sort of in your prime. You don't have, a he- you don't have enough years to make that billion. That, that would be tough. Mm-hmm. It would have to be a guy who gets in the league at like 19, like a Bryce Harper type. Get in the league really early, become get a become a free agent your first year at like twenty four something like that. Uh, someone asked me here if Steve Carlton, if uh, in fact Tim McCarver was the personal catcher for Steve Carlton. Uh, I know for sure. What the heck is Google doing now? They want me to go robot. And, and put, I, uh, this is the new thing. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm trying to look up uh, Tim McCarver, and you, 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 I got like every host of the station on here, and how people have signed in and signed out. Let me figure it out during the break. I, I don't honestly remember about Steve Carlton. Uh, could be the case because, of course, Steve played in St. Louis and in Philly. But let me figure that out. We'll come back. We'll get some more from you as well. Six four one ten ten. Best way to get us on the text line. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We have a developing situation with Tiger Woods. A birdie on 16, now a birdie on 17. I believe I'm correct here. I know for sure the birdie on 16. But I, um, I was looking at some Bob Gibson, Steve Carlton stuff, which I'm going to share with you here. But I believe he just birdied 17 as well. So I will double check that. Uh, yes, he did. The par 3 16th and the par 5 17th. So four birdies. Three bogeys for Tiger Woods. He is one under par as he gets ready to play number 18. Tim McCarver, um, he was. He was the battery mate for both Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton. Okay? He was the personal catcher for Bob Gibson in 1968 when Gibson's earned run average was 1.12. That's the lowest of any pitcher in over a century, and obviously it led to the lowering of uh, the mound. He was traded to Phillies in 1970, and that was in the infamous trade where Kurt Flood was supposed to go from Philadelphia to St. Louis. He refused to go, and you know he brought this to the 
Supreme Court where he uh, he had the lawsuit and it really became the the groundbreaking move for free agency in Major League Baseball, which began two years later in 1972. McCarver also caught Bob Gibson. How about this? When Steve Carlton was sent to the Phillies, they were terrible, okay? One year, Steve Carlton, where for most of this year, um, Carl, uh, Tim McCarver was his catcher before getting traded to Montreal and then Boston. Uh, but the the Phillies only won 59 games all year, okay? Steve Carlton won 27 of the 59. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's not normal. Uh, but that is what actually did transpire. All right, let's grab a couple of these uh, before uh, we wrap it up. Getting a lot of good response. What a great question. Uh, I thought that that was... Uh, was it? Who do we say his name was down at the Eric. beach? Eric. Eric out at the beach. Thank you. 4010 says, uh, Baloo, before the year, no quarterback uh, that made more than 13% of the team's salary cap had ever won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes shattered that record this year at 17.3%. Of course, we're talking about the cap. Where is the logic in paying a guy like Mishon Watson almost 25% of the cap. Got to believe he's going to be better in a year, but I understand your point. Do you want to pay Trevor Lawrence between 173 and 25% of the salary cap? 25 is high, 173 is high. Uh, but if he brings a championship to Jacksonville, it's worth it, right? No one minds spending as long as it ends up being worth it. Uh, that yeah. is a great stat, though. It is. It's, it's a never phenomenal happened stat. for a quarterback yeah. past thirteen percent until this year, obviously. But you have to have a guy like Patrick Mahomes to make up for that, which not a lot of guys out there. Well, yesterday I had thirteen quarterbacks in place for this year. That left nineteen changes. Do you understand out of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL as we begin the 2023 year, only four have Super Bowl rings? That's it. I mean, Mahomes has two. Rodgers has one. Stafford has one. Nick Foles has one. Yeah, Foles and Flacco is back us. I'm talking starters. starters. Who's the other star? Uh, Russell Wilson. That's it. I mean, it's amazing. If you think about it, four. And with apologies to Flacco and uh, and, and Foles because oh, they, they about that one. yeah they got them, but they're not no longer starters here. Well, uh, let's see. Um, uh, Twenty forty nine says blue. If Trevor can make a deep run again in the playoffs, pay him before year four. Show everyone this is the guy. No question, Duval for life. Okay, that's massive logic and. I, I understand that, okay? I, I, and, and that's a big part of my thinking is I hate to say it this way, but it's fact. All of these other guys are going to end up being interchangeable. It, it is. I mean, when you look at Kansas City, when look at New England. Look at the wide receivers, offensive. Look at the running backs 
Okay, Gronk was there for the majority of the time. Sort of. Like, he was there for, like, the back he won four second of half. Yeah. He won, I think he won three in New England and one in Tampa. He might have won four in New England. I think he won – he just either got four or five. Obviously, won one in Tampa. But look at Mahomes, okay? Now, Kelsey, they're going to have to find a way to redo. But as great as Kelsey is right now, and let's just compare him to Gronk. Let's compare him to any other time. How many more years do you see Kelsey at this level? Three. Okay. At the most. Okay. When you look at the Jaguars, I, I would love to list about eight to ten guys and tell you that they're going to be here for the next five, six, eight years, but that's unrealistic. Not the league. If you look at some of the greatest organizations, the Legion of Boom, what happened? The Patriots. The Patriots had to say goodbye to Richard Seymour. The Patriots had to say goodbye um, uh, to, to the – I can't think of his name now. The rusher, Jones, who went to the Raiders. Uh, it was in Arizona oh, forever. Oh, the defensive end. Yeah. You know, he's you know, arguably a – his brother's Bones Jones, uh, the fighter Chandler, inside the game. Chandler. Chandler – I mean, the, these type of players, New England couldn't afford – to re-sign it, talk to Leon Searcy about it. When he left Pittsburgh and came here, even in the mid-90s, Pittsburgh is notorious for not being able to pay. Now, others say, well, they were too cheap and they didn't want to pay. If, if best-case scenario, okay, if ETN is all that, if, you know, Walker Little all of a sudden shows up this year when two years remaining, becomes all that. Fortner becomes all that. Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, Chad Muma become all that. It already feels like Tyson Campbell is becoming all that. Andre said, you can't afford to pay all those guys. Those guys are going to want the maximum at their position, top five in their position, if they progress the way that you as Jaguar fans want them to. Believe it or not, this honestly does become a pleasant problem. Not being able to afford your own draft picks is something we have not talked around here forever, okay? With the exception of some nonsense with Jalen and Unique, you know, Maurice Jones drew held out of a camp once. It, it just has been basically a, a non-story. It just hasn't. That, that's when you know you are successful, when it comes down to, damn, look at all these contracts that are coming up. These are all drafted players. How are they going to be able to afford to re-sign them? So that's the way it is with the great teams. you know. If you, and you look at quarterbacks who have won. Look at the two that Roethlisberger won. Look at the two that Eli won. Russell Wilson should have won two. What could happen to his defense? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, it just goes on and on and on. The position players change. You need to take advantage of youth. You need to take advantage of those rookie contracts. Any great team's going to have a mix. You know, we're going to have a lot of fun coming up here one of these nights because I'm, I'm really going to spend some time going to the bottom of the roster. And I want to talk about guys like Shaq Quarterman. Okay. I want to get into guys like Daniel Thomas. I want to get into guys like Chris Claybrooks. Good guys. You want them on your 53. They're contributors on special teams. But as they get a little bit longer in the tooth, 
are you better off taking a $79,000 dead cap figure on Daniel Thomas this year and pulling back over a million dollars that you can use? So, so say you let Claybrooks, Thomas, and Shaq go. It's going to cost you two hundred grand in dead cap, but you're going to bring in over $3 million that you can use to help keep another player, bring in another player, and then you have draft picks or undrafted free agents that you can pay the league minimum to. Understand where I'm going with this? And, and, and this is what becomes such... Th- this is the master class of it all, is being able to... Because so- everyone's got an opinion on Ingram and Taylor and Arden Key, okay? But what about bottom-of-the-roster guys who are familiar with your team? Do you sacrifice them because they cost as opposed to bringing in rookies? Again, you can pay them the bare minimum. So we'll have a show on that coming up one of these nights. Should be fun. As always, I appreciate your stuff. What a great night by you, the listener, on the text line. As always, I thank you. I don't check that now that the show is over. Need to get a hold of me? Please do so on Twitter. That's Blue1010XL. Hackers coming up next for JJ. I am Rick Blue. We will talk tomorrow night, 6 o'clock.